Well, the Arizona Cardinals traded for wide receiver Robbie Anderson from the Carolina Panthers, and that's definitely going to fix everything going wrong in Arizona. We got all that and more on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, football fans? It is another episode of Locked On NFL, proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, bringing you all the biggest stories around the National Football League in about 30 minutes or so. It is Tuesday today, so you've got myself, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, and of course, as always, with my good friend, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL, your NFL experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate you, as always, being Locked On NFL, your first listen of the day. Every day, don't forget that we're free and available on all podcast apps and on YouTube as well. And today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by our friends Friends over at Bird Dogs, the most comfortable uh, sweatpants, pants, and shorts available, all with built-in liners as well. Go to BirdDogs.com, use the promo code Locked On, and boom, a free Bird Dogs rope hat with your pair of Bird Dogs will be on the way. We'll tell you more about them later today, though. Luke and I are going to break down our biggest yike of the week, as we do every week. We'll break down a little bit of that month. Yes, yeah, we have a lot of choices this week. Uh, we'll break down that Monday night football near tie between the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. But Luke, I want to start with the Arizona Cardinals trading for former now Carolina Panthers wide receiver Robbie Anderson. This is, of course, on the heels of wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown expected to miss about six weeks with a non-surgical foot fracture. And why don't you break down for us just how this fixes everything for the Arizona Cardinals? The Cardinals, uh, they're <laughs> fine now. Everything they're is fine. good. Nothing yep. to worry about at Nothing all. at all to worry about. Yeah. So one for one, Robbie Anderson replacing Marquise Brown is just a downgrade. I don't yeah, think that's even, sure. That's not controversial. Not right? even like, close. That's not, like, I don't have to defend that. Uh, so Sure. You got a player injured. You got to bring in whatever you can find, right? That's fine. And it's not like they paid for him. They paid a meager late round swap next year. And then a seventh the year after that. (laughs) Yeah. Some late round stuff. And then they're paying less than a million dollars for him. For Mm -hmm. the Panthers, this is like more embarrassing because (laughs) very publicly he just doesn't want to play there. Gotten a horrible fight with the interim head coach, Steve Wilkes. Storms off the field, gets traded. It's like, this is a dark, dark moment in Carolina. And they are paying now Robbie Anderson, like, they're eating, like, nine mil on the cat Oof. To, to go watch him uh, play for the Arizona Cardinals. And for your trouble, you get, like, a long snapper, a dude that's not going to make the team yeah. in two years. Like, oof. But for Arizona, I don't know. It just feels like... We're going to go make a move at the, oh my, you know, like the, the, the Arizona Cardinals feel like a team that should kind of be hitting a little bit of a panic button, should mm-hmm. maybe pull a lever or two, try to do something. You know, they're two and four. They're in last place in a winnable NFC West. Everybody else is three and three. You could have it if you can pull it together, right? Like there yep. is an opportunity there. Um, and you have so much talent. Getting DeAndre Hopkins back 
should have a huge impact here. And that's probably what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the Cardinal season, not Robbie Anderson. Right. But it just feels like that's what you got. <laughs> that's yeah. what you did. I, I I do feel like, um, you know, having Robbie Anderson is a good compliment in terms of the style of wide receiver that he is to the style of wide receiver that DeAndre Hopkins is. But and I understand six seventh round draft picks in a year in two years, very low value and all that. I completely understand that's basically the value of a seventh round pick this coming year, and then like a I don't know a supplemental draft pick, <laughs> you know, this year <laughs> from that. So it's not a huge deal to you know move those pieces for Robbie Anderson. But I'm curious about what it is about Robbie Anderson that maybe makes you feel more comfortable going after him than going after like Will Fuller, for instance, who is a veteran non-guaranteed contract that's out on the market and available. Maybe it's that Robbie Anderson has played more recently. We know that Will Fuller has dealt with some injuries, but Robbie Anderson and Marquise Brown to the Arizona Cardinals credit each have the same amount of thousand yard seasons, receiving seasons in their career, which is one. The difference is that Robbie Anderson has been playing twice as long. So to your point about these yeah. two players being not a one for one replacement for one another, and this doesn't really address the fact that your quarterback is like displeased or, or whatever was going on between the quarterback and the yeah. organization I mean, there's over toxicity course of the offseason. Yeah. Arizona. And now yeah. you're getting a guy that just blustered his way out of a team. Right. And so now you're adding drama to that. Like there are some, I don't know if you've seen the Robbie Anderson quotes, quotes from his interaction with a police officer years ago, but it's worth just Googling that so that you can enjoy <laughs> that and understand what the Arizona Cardinals just added to an already tumultuous situation <laughs> because Robbie Anderson is no not necessarily, it's okay. It's okay. I, I can't say it on the show. There's like literally no, oh, no. way for me to say it on the show at all it's that bad and so google when, robbie anderson police yes yeah yeah and see if you can find what he said to a police officer i highly encourage all of you that are listening or watching at home that don't have kids in your immediate vicinity to please look this up so that you understand what the arizona oh, cardinals just said oh we've got it. culture yeah we've got culture problems let's go get that guy <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy they just added to the team, uh, Luke. All right. Yeah. Party time. This is a stable place in the NFC West. <laughs> Look. And <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. The I there's no reason to believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Like, listen to Alex Clancy on Locked On Cardinals. He's a negative Nancy, probably more than most in, in the Cardinals world, but like <laughs> it, there is not a lot to look at right now that is working in Arizona. And they just kind of doubled down on it and they're locked into it. They are married to this Kyler Murray contract kind of whether like come hell or high water, nothing is going to happen. Um, and if you look at that division, San Francisco's experiencing a bunch of problems with Jimmy Garoppolo. The Rams mm -hmm. are like broken on offense. They just beat uh, the ailing Panthers, but like who cares? And um, they and have their <laughs> own like situation going on with a, a you know potential star with player Cam Akers. that's about to be on his yeah. way out with Cam Akers. Yep. Yeah. Speaking of uh, upcoming yikes, um, <laughs> you, you spoiled mine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but like, and then you have like a kind of a low key surging Seahawks, <laughs> like, like good Seahawks team led by Geno Smith, who's like one of the best quarterbacks like, in the NFL this year. 
like looking preseason at the NFC West, it felt like three teams and also like three teams that could win it. And then the Seahawks. And maybe I'm a little higher on the Seahawks because they're exceeding their expectations and nobody else is, but they actually yeah. are all just three and three. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to this NFC West, but the Seahawks got to feel like they're in it, right? You're there. Yeah. You, yeah, you're having 100%. a real boy season. This isn't a, a rebuilding year. You're not doing like a like a, a bear season or like what the Panthers are doing. Right. Yeah. Where you're like fire sailing everything. Now the big question for me, Luke, is who else does Carolina trade? Matt mm-hmm. Rule is out. Robbie Anderson is out. Julian Council, Lockdown Panthers, posted this question on his Twitter account at Julian Council where he kind of was like, okay, so who's next? And it seems that the next player that the, the, that the Carolina Panthers are at least getting calls about is Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. the running back. And honestly, considering the health history, the injury history, and the short shelf life of running backs. McCaffrey for acres, straight up. Oh, God. That would be terrible. <laughs> Who mean, says like, no? You, yeah, right. But if you can get a day two pick for Christian McCaffrey right now as a rebuilding franchise, I think you take that. Like with the way, with how volatile running back yeah. health is in the NFL, absolutely get that money off the books. The, yeah. the Panthers need to sort of uh, they don't have really much worth hanging on to right now on that roster. Um, they've got some young pieces that you want to build around before they start getting older and expensive. You know the Brian Burns's of the world, Jeremy Chin mm-hmm. and stuff. But like, there's a, a pretty good argument for the Panthers to just say, "All right, we just have to hit hard reset." And start building something with a little more focus instead of trying to like on the fly, try to build a team that's got whoever's quarterback they don't like anymore Mm -hmm. that can come in and limp us to another five win season. That's Mm got to be like where they are. Yeah, I think the only reason why you keep Christian McCaffrey on the roster, honestly, is if you can't get the King's ransom that you want back for him, A, if that's what you want. But price has always got to be right. Yeah, but then B, if you really feel like Christian McCaffrey is like the piece that will yield, that will bring you a really good coach next year, right? Like if that's the best bargaining chip that you've got for, hey, we've got Brian Burns, Christian McCaffrey, a stud young safety at uh, Jeremy Chan, a stung young, stud young corner at JC Horn, we've got CJ Henderson, we've got Dante Jack. Like if that's part of your package in terms of like bringing a coach in, then I think that that makes sense. But if it's not because of how we sort of see how undervalued running backs tend to be in the NFL, then yeah, ship them out and get yourself some more draft capital because that draft capital might be more appealing to the head coach Mm -hmm. than the running back. So I don't know. We'll see. But I'll tell you, there's nothing more appealing than Monday night football except for when the Denver Broncos are playing. (laughs) It was. They even made the abs- Chargers boring. <laughs> it was an absolute catastrophe. And we'll tell you why. It was one of the worst games I've ever watched uh, here on today's episode of Locked in NFL. But first, I'm going to tell you about, and before I tell you about the worst thing I've ever watched, let me tell you about the best thing I've ever worn bird dogs. Bird dogs pants, bird dogs shorts, bird dogs sweatpants. They're phenomenal. I got a pair of bird dogs pants in the mail about a week ago, and I have not taken them off. Luke, I've been wearing these this pants every single day for the last week. The only time I have ever taken these pants off was to put the shorts on, you understand? So okay. it's been all bird dogs all the time, right? Getting a little bit of, I'm, I'm laundering. I'm just 
Okay. Also so wearing them all the time. <laughs> but I love them. I love them. I love these pants. Uh, and I'm super grateful that we get to partner with them because of our partnership with them. You can head over to birddogs.com right now and use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N. If you watch it on YouTube, you see it at the bottom of the screen. And they're going to throw in a free bird dogs rope hat, which you can also see at the bottom of the screen as well. If you watch it over on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast side, you could go over to YouTube and watch it or be surprised when it shows up. Just Use that promo code locked on. They're going to throw in that free bird dogs rope hat. That's birddogs.com. Promo code locked on and boom, free bird dogs rope hat, uh, rope hat with your pair of bird dogs, the most comfortable shorts, pants, and sweatpants with built in liners. You will not take these things off. I promise you, you'll be just like me wearing them five days later and happy about it. You know what? It's, uh, it's, it's the time of year. It's autumn for those kind of pants. It's also hiring season. <laughs> Hiring season, baby. Hiring season comes in the autumn, and especially if you are an operator of a small business, that can be such an overwhelming process with a gajillion resumes and trying to sort through it all. LinkedIn has all of the tools that you need, screening questions and stuff, to make it, help you sift through that and really get to the candidates that you need. Small businesses swear by LinkedIn jobs. If you're not putting your job offer uh, or your your job opening on LinkedIn, you're doing something wrong. I mean, come on. It's like the biggest network for uh, for, for job applications like out there, right? Uh, so go to linkedin.com slash locked on NFL and you can post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Continuing on with another episode of Locked On NFL. Thank you very much, as always, making Luke and I here on Locked On NFL Tuesdays your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, on Fridays here on the Locked On NFL podcast and YouTube page, you can check out NFL Key Predictions, which visits all around our local experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network and brings you everything you need to know about the five top games of each week, including Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, and getting you all the betting advice that you need from industry leaders in the field over at bet online so make sure you check out uh nfl key predictions every friday here on locked on nfl appreciate you very much for being here with us luke we just watched an absolute debacle of a monday night football game and it's all because the denver broncos were a part of it and i already see i saw locked on uh locked on Bengals uh coming into the chat earlier on today and the, the thing that i love about locked on Bengals coming in the chat is that they popped up orange right and so I thought it was Cody from Lock, Cody Rourke or, or Sarah Ballinger from, from Locked On Broncos. And I'm sitting here like, don't y'all have a bad game to be talking about? I mean, what is going <laughs> on with the Denver Broncos? Like, how do you give up everything, bring in Russell Wilson, and have the worst scoring offense in the NFL? I just don't get it. It just looked so much better than this on paper, right? Right. Uh, and... Look and listen. The only I offense- watch a team every Sunday that looks really good on paper and is not good on the field. Like I have a lot. Not watch the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, the only offense that they had tonight were Los Angeles Charger busted coverages by Jason, <laughs> right. and then JC Jackson got benched, and then Russell Wilson had negative thirteen passing yards in the second half. Net, if you would Three completions. What's happening? Woof. And I think he only had like three completions on third down the entire night. Oh, God. As well. Just it's, rough. 
So here's one thing. I actually have a serious insight. <laughs> so here's one thing. <laughs> I kind of just want to roast Russell Wilson all day. But okay, actual football thing. Sierra's um, husband is what we'll call him for the rest of the episode. Sierra's husband. <laughs> Sierra's he doesn't get a name husband. anymore. He's Sierra's husband. Until he can set a protection. Because that's the thing that, I, that a lot of people right. were talking about um, with on both sides of the ball, honestly, but the, the Broncos really, really struggled with setting their protection. So when you're setting a protection, this is either the center's job or the quarterback's job or a combination, depending on the team. But when you're setting a protection, you are deciding kind of which side to prioritize. Um, if you have like on one side, there would be like a wall and you'll see a, a wall. You watch this on mm-hmm. offensive lines. You see them and they'll all be hip to hip helping each other. Um, and then you'll have a man-to-man side where guys are on an island a, a little bit more. And you kind of choose which side is on which. Mm-hmm. And you choose how many players are on which side. Is this a four-man wall and a one-man, you know, or is it a, a five-man wall with a tight end over there and one guy on an island? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you see the words like half slide, full slide, that's the kind of stuff that that is referring to. So that is a decision that's being made every single play. Most teams do it with the center. Sometimes it's the quarterback if you've got like a Peyton Manning that wants control over everything. Yep. Um, and the Broncos are failing this miserably. Those decisions are completely nonsensical. Like they do not make any sense. They are sliding protections away from where more threats are, um, sliding protections away from Khalil Mack, despite Khalil Mack destroying everything. <laughs> right. Who looks like he more looked guys over there and Khalil Mack. game, by the way. Yeah, huge game for Khalil Mack. And a, and a lot of it was because, not to take away from him or anything, because, you know, you got to make good on this, and this is why most teams don't do this, but a lot of it was because the <laughs> Broncos' protections did not seem to be keyed on Khalil Mack nearly enough. Right. And as a quarterback, as a veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson is, we should re- expect him to be able to get to the line and say, hey, youngish center, Lloyd Cushenberry in what, like year three? Youngish mm-hmm. center? That's not the right call. Let's change that. Yep. And he either has he either doesn't have the leeway to do it, which is a Nathaniel Hackett problem. Right. We'll get into him. Uh, or it's a Russell Wilson problem. And I, I don't know what to do with that. He's been in the league yeah. for what? This is year 11? Right. Right. Like there's no excuse for that if, if if you're still not able to do it at this point. Like I understand if you're – I understand that some of it could be that you're new to a system. But even just being new to a system, like you mentioned, these are decisions that are made every play by every team in terms of setting up those predictions, identifying where the middle of the defense is, identifying where the threat is. Yeah. Super fundamental. The vocabulary might be a little bit different, but you're looking yeah, at always. the same thing from a rotating offense every single week. It's not new. You've played against the Denver Broncos before. You have set protections against this defense before. You've set protections against a, you know, kind of Fangio tree and all this other stuff. Like you've done all of this before. There's no reason that you shouldn't be able to do this at this point. And so, yeah, I I think that that is one of the things that's unacceptable. And the thing that makes it so disappointing to Luke is that we watch at the beginning of this game things start to come together. The big KJ Hamler completion down the field that kind of looked like that rainbow throw. <laughs> busted coverage. But we saw him take advantage of it, right? It's just like you mentioned. Like you still have to take advantage sure, of it yeah. even when the team you makes execute, the, you gotta hit the, the calls throw. wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it was there. The Greg Dulcich touchdown, who was my tight end one in this year's uh this year's NFL draft. So I love seeing a draft also crush like coverage. stand out well. Also busted coverage. Had to take advantage of it, had to hit it though. And, and so there were certain parts of it in that first quarter that were like, oh, this is trending in the right direction. We're watching 
Russell Wilson finally score, if I can borrow from Nathaniel Hackett, a Tugalicious and getting some of these guys <laughs> in the end zone. Oh, and God, we, the vibes. <laughs> and so you saw the Tugalicious and then you're like, oh, okay, maybe there's more on the way. Like maybe this is where the dam breaks, if you will. And it wasn't. It was just damn watching it for the rest of the game. Like it was just bad. And so it was just the same issues over and over again. You like that? I'll do what I can. That was that was so, beautiful. Thank Stuck you. the landing. Thank you. Uh, yeah, the the offensive woes were terrible, and it sucks because the Broncos are doing something awesome on defense, and it's just totally right. going to waste. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. How good was the Denver Broncos defense tonight? Was I, it was amazing, right? And we should probably talk a little bit about the team that won, the Chargers, which are currently tied atop the AFC West. Nobody look um, <laughs> at four and two, and winning close games and, and actually they didn't charge her it up. Well, they kind of tried doing the things the that they the couldn't do that. Do the things that they couldn't do last year, but still getting close enough to remind them how much they don't want to do that. Right. A, a baffling sequence at the end of the game. Yep. Um, which maybe we can get into because next we got to talk about ah, all of our yikes. And that yikes. certainly is one. <laughs> That's a yike yeah, right there. We do, got, but, we do got a lot of yike on the way. We got some yike coming down the pipe. <laughs> what a day in the NFL, man. Like, I remember I remember being so excited about Monday Night Football. I mean, I, like, I'm still so excited because, like, I'll take bad football over no football any day. But goodness gracious. Yeah. It's and, – and sometimes it's genuinely bad. Sometimes it's good defense. And there's a, a larger trend we, we talk about another day. Of like two high safeties and stuff that's forcing mm -hmm. more conservative offense and therefore yes. less productive yeah, we, offense. We've and, seen that work now against the Bengals. Yeah. We've seen it work against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like we're seeing it all over the place. The Bills this right. past weekend did it a ton. They did some interesting stuff to where they did like zone on one half of the field, man on the other half of the field and stuff like that. But that's not super out of the ordinary in the NFL either. But sort no. of the split safety looks dare you to run the ball, basically. Yeah. Watch the last two Super Bowls and you'll understand why everybody yep. did that. Yep. Um, But... Either way, there's a lot of bad stuff to get to, and we will. However, yep. let's talk a little bit about prize picks. Hurrah. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I'm not a huge fan of traditional daily fantasy. I don't like the putting a whole lineup together and trying to get the budgets right, and I go into a pool with six million other people. I don't want that. I Prize picks is perfect for me because it's just you against the house, just you one on one against the prize picks projection. Pick two to five players, and you go up to ten times your money. And if you use promo code Locked On when you go to PrizePicks.com or you can download the app from the Google Player App Store, um, use promo code Locked On, you can get a hundred dollar, a uh, hundred percent match up to a hundred dollars. That means you put in a hundred bucks, you get a hundred bucks right on there. Put in fifty, get fifty, and so on. That is PrizePicks.com or download the app promo code Locked On. All right, everybody, we are wrapping up this episode of Locked on NFL on this glorious Tuesday. We appreciate you very much for being here with us. If you're joining us live, we appreciate you very much for listening to us later. We also appreciate you very much. If you're a first-time listener, we hope that you'll stick around because you have our rotating sort of host of uh, NFL experts here Monday through Friday. Keep you up to date with everything going on around the NFL in less than 30 minutes. And here on Tuesdays, we have a tradition, don't we, Luke? <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's the worst thing you'll hear about because it's yikes. <laughs> it's yikes. It's all the worst things. <laughs> this segment is specifically dedicated every single Tuesday to the worst thing that we saw happen uh, or that we haven't, that maybe maybe we haven't broken down in depth already. Uh, our biggest yike each, we pick one of the week. And I'm going to throw in a new wrinkle. I have a non-yike today, uh, but I'll get to that in a second. Let me hear first, Luke, your biggest yike of the week. I, so it was going to be Cam Akers. And, then I and just that it. whole situation is just deteriorating really fast. I, it seems like they're being really coy about what the actual issue is. It seems like they're the football differences. I don't know. It seems like maybe they Cam <laughs> Akers like creative differences and a band split up. <laughs> a little bit, but it's playing out so publicly, and then that is reducing what the Rams can get in return, right. and it's reducing, I think, what Cam Akers can get out of the deal in terms of contract and stuff, so it's just not good for either side of that. It's only good for the buyer, whoever yeah. actually makes the trade, um, and we have to kind of see how that plays out, and whenever it does, you can hear about it here on Lockdown NFL, but I can't get over what happened at the end of this Monday Night Football game, and I need to complain about it more. <laughs> the- Going into regulation, the Chargers take over with like a minute and three timeouts or more than that, like two minutes, all three Mm -hmm. times. They had like all the time in the world, three timeouts, and they ended up taking two of those timeouts into overtime, not crossing midfield and letting the clock run out. That is pathetic. It's pathetic offense for one. And the reasons for that are deeper. You have to go listen to Lockdown Chargers for, for that. But the clock management is baffling to me and I need to just talk it out because I can't make heads or tail of it. The The situation I'm talking about is they had a third and one mm-hmm. with 20 ish second, 28, I think to go and all th- three or two of their timeouts, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, they, they had also let the clock run a lot trying yeah. to probably trying to prevent the Broncos from having any time going back. And the blow of this is, softened because you won the game anyways but they caught the 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 i forget who caught the pass um i want to say jalen guyton catches a pass short of the first down sets up a fourth and one with the clock running inbounds short of the first down that is an interesting situation because if you go for that fourth one fourth down and one and you don't get it you set up the broncos already on the cusp of long field goal to win it territory and so you definitely cannot just straight up raw, go for it and not get it, right? Right. And there's a Part great says, kicker in Denver as well with McManus. Yes, and it's indoors and all that. Part mm-hmm. of me says, you're an NFL team, get a yard. Um, but I get it, right? I get not wanting yeah. to, like wanting to to manipulate the clock such that you don't expose yourself to a long field goal attempt. That said, I think just letting the clock die and then taking a timeout with one second to go and trying a Hail Mary is strictly worse than letting the clock go to, say, seven seconds and trying an out route to the sideline. And if you don't get it, you can have Herbert run around, you can have him heave one up, you can run a Hail Mary on the other side of the field or something that would take enough time off so that you still have that clock hit zero. But leaving one second on the clock just felt very amateurish. It felt like Mm -hmm. a very... Uh, suboptimal move and it was just it, it's just baffling to be in the situation the Chargers were in and take two timeouts functionally into overtime I think they left with one because they took one to stop the clock at one second but right. they wouldn't have necessarily had to yeah That's yeah I yike. think that yeah like the, 
<laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing about that too is like I, I watched this game and I jokingly called this game the Sean Payton Bowl. To me, like these are two teams <laughs> that could potentially be oh, in no. the running for Sean Payton next year because like Nathaniel Hackett is completely blowing it right now with you know having you you inherit this fantastic defense. You show up and then you you know this team brings you one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game in Russell Wilson, and you're bottom of the league uh, in scoring, and you can't win games. It's just unacceptable, and so. For me, Nathaniel Hackett could very well. He is about to enter, if not if he hasn't already entered, the one and done talk. And he'll probably be the loudest one and done uh, coach conversation that will happen so far this season. Considering how well like KOC is doing, considering how well Brian Dable is doing, things like that. It seems like the Saints and Dennis Allen probably aren't going to part at the end of the season no matter how bad this goes because of continuity and all these other things. Mike McDaniel is doing better now. It started off a little rough for him though. So, you know, it could turn quickly, but I think you get to you get the loudest conversation most quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With um with 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 um uh, the the Broncos head coach. And so the next piece of the conversation is like Brandon Staley, can he get out of his team's way? We saw last year there was trouble with that. The two-point conversions, the poor clock management, things like that. This year, we're not seeing the two-point conversions cost them games. We're not seeing the first 57 minutes being irrelevant because the Chargers tend to charge her in the last three minutes and things like that under him. But now we're still seeing some of the clock management things like what you just mentioned. So for me, this was like the Sean Payton game. And so this maybe gets... The Broncos a little bit closer to that part of the conversation. Meanwhile, though, the Chargers still not that far off, though sitting, as you mentioned, tied atop the AFC West. So, you know, hey, look, it's it's it could be worse in Los Angeles at yes. four and two. Um yes. my I, I biggest think Nathaniel yeah, Hackett has to actively prove something to not get fired. Yes. If I'm if I'm George Payton, if I'm in charge of the Broncos, it's okay. If you just tread water for the rest of the season and we end up winning seven games, missing the playoffs and drafting 13th, I'm finding somebody else. I think it's obvious to everybody who is willing to to think about it uh, that they got Nathaniel Hackett in an attempt to court Aaron Rodgers. That didn't work. And now they have somebody who very clearly is overmatched, does not have the correct experience to be a head coach, doesn't know how to manage a game, had to hire somebody else to do that and lost a game not doing that. Yep. And that team is very clearly not prepared to play up to their potential. And I, th- yep. I think Nathaniel Hackett's a huge problem in Denver. You got to turn that ship around and you have to go on a run. You have to inspire that team. You have to do something to save your job now. That's a real rough place to be in October, your first year. Yeah, it's tough. That's really, really tough. Um, my biggest yike of the week, the Green Bay Packers. And not yes! just specifically, I got I to gotta do it for you. And not just specifically the fact like the Green Bay Packers haven't been good, but did you hear? Well, okay, so so for folks that maybe don't like listen to press conferences and things like that, they just kind of like watch the games. There was a quote from Aaron Rodgers at one point where he was kind of speaking about like the team and stuff. And one of the things that he said was one of the things that's important to him is that no one breaks rank and that it's going to be very interesting quote, looking over the comments made by players and coaches to see if like everyone is in this still together and everything. And to me, Aaron Rodgers, that's a very, first of all, thinly veiled threat. I mean, the epitome, <laughs> the epitome of a thinly veiled threat. 
It's also an ineffective one because we all know that everybody has their media training. They've all got their PR phrases. Like no one's going to come out into like where there are going to be quotes and say, yeah, you know, we suck. Like no one's going to do that. Not if you're a Green Bay Packer, at least, unless you're Aaron Rodgers, perhaps. And then Mm -hmm. thirdly, like, are you looking at the quotes from everyone's press conferences after every game, Aaron? Is that how you're spending your time? Because if so, that's why you're losing games. Oh, yeah. That's Peter was, has gone games. off on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, about, shout like, out to Peter him. Bukowski. Yeah, he is, he's angry at Aaron Rodgers specifically. And I think the take is kind of like Rodgers isn't taking this seriously enough. And he is really used to coasting through this on ability alone. And that ability has escaped him. And he's not able to just like show up and wing it anymore yeah and halfway be a coach like he really wants to like and it's just not working right so for me it's a green bay packers i their their start to the season has been horrific and then a comment like that was just so weird so weird from your your uh, the guy that's supposed to be the leader of your team the face of your franchise is the quarterback that's basically jumping in a press conference is talking about how he's policing everyone's language. Grow up. Grow up. Yeah. I remember um, they were four and six a few years ago and uh-huh. he came in and he was like, we're just going to run the table. I think it was the R-E-L-A-X year. Oh, and yeah. We we're like, well, we'll just run the table. We'll go four and six. We'll go. We'll run the table. We'll be 10 and six. We'll run the table in the playoffs. And they made it to the NFC championship that year. And it was it became this rallying cry. Couldn't be further from this. Yeah, this is ve- this is a very different situation, isn't it? All right, my quick non-yike, um, and this is this is really just in honor of Cody Davis and John Hickman over at Locked On Texans. But the Texans moved on from Jack Easterby. Yes, uh, we yeah. <laughs> Applause. <laughs> Applause to the they Texans. Finally got rid of Grima Worm Tongue. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally over. The Houston Texans, who are also now, in my opinion, by the way, officially. In the Sean Payton sweepstakes. I'm just saying. I'm All just right. saying. Now that this is going to be broken organization. I'm I, the, the, run the, by the a issue, weird megachurch guy. <laughs> the issue for me is that like the Saints, um, I'm not ready to look at their offseason and like go into the draft and things like that because the NFC South is awful. Uh, but um, I'm going to be tracking how many teams are in on the Sean Payton sweepstakes. And I'm consider. I'm, I'm officially considering the Houston Texans in the running. You're welcome, Houston. You're welcome. You'll love it. I would love that for them. That would be great for them, right? All right. This was a very fun episode. I'm very grateful that we got to do this tonight. Um, It was a weird week of NFL football. Hopefully, we broke it down for you pretty well here today. Rob Anderson was traded for but isn't going to fix everything for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, The Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers gave us one of the weirdest Monday night football experiences ever. And uh, Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers, as well as the uh, Los Angeles Rams and Cam Akers. And of course, clock management at the end of the game by Brandon Staley all gave us our biggest jacks of the week. If you want more just like this, make sure you come back next Tuesday. Luke and I will be here. You can also stick around for tomorrow's Wednesday episode, which will have James Rapine as well as 
uh, Tony Wiggins, who are going to bring you everything you need to know around the NFL as well. For Luke Braun, I am Ross Jackson. We will see you again here tomorrow. We will see you again here soon. We appreciate you very much for making us your first listen of the day. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out our other NFL flagship show here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Peacock and Williamson, for everything else around the NFL in less than 30 minutes. As always, we appreciate y'all very much for being here, and we'll see you again here soon on the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.